0: had fainting yet pursuing last week and instead of calling it just part two, I'm calling it still fainting and still pursuing. So uh, we're going to read just the one verse again, but keep your Bible open for we're going to refer to more portions of scripture. Judges 8 and verse 4. Judges chapter 8 and verse 4. And Gideon came to Jordan And passed over he and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. That is the Midianites. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for every remembrance of your son this morning. We thank you for the multitude you bring in week after week. To come and gather under this roof, Lord, in this tent. We thank you, Father, for your blessing. For your blessing make a rich and you out of no sorrow with it. And we pray this morning, Lord, that you would give them their portion. And for those who can't be with us, we ask you, Lord, for your hand to be upon them. We pray, Father, for those who are sitting at hospital beds this morning, those who are sitting at home this morning, those who are unwell this morning. We're asking for your hand to be with each and every one of them. And now, Father, for us who are here and those who are watching, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that, Lord, you would speak into every life. Strengthen them. Encourage them. Bless them. Convict them. Challenge us, Lord. And, Father, we pray this morning to glorify your Son through this man. We pray, Father, that he alone would be seen and exalted in all of our lives. Bless the children in Children's Church this morning. Bless the, the wee ones down in the creche and all who will look after them and the leaders and the teachers of the Children's Church. We pray your hand to be with them and bless their little hearts. And Lord, would you put something in their hearts, Father, while they're young, before the world tries to take it away and put something else in their heart that's not from you. So glorify the Lord Jesus, we ask it, in his name. Amen. Amen. Last week, I'm not going to do a big recap, but last week we looked at Gideon is behind the wine press, Gideon's threshing wheat. And as I said last week, we can look at how is he cowardly because he's hiding from the Midianites. and um, the, the, There's no strength left in Israel. There's no encouragement left in Israel. There, there's even no real righteousness left in Israel and so God has allowed the Midianites to come to teach them a lesson and Gideon is behind the wine press threshing wheat but is he a coward but rather we looked at it last week maybe he's not maybe he's brave because he's there and he's doing it when others aren't and how you brothers and sisters when you're fainting at things maybe even concerned or anxious, and even, yes, afraid of things, yet you press on, you continue on, you dig deep, and you thresh your wheat, as it were, behind the wine press, even when others are fainting, falling, fearful all around you. At least you're there. You're maybe going through the motions, and you're saying, Lord, where are you? And Things are tight, things are tough. And you're in trials and tribulation and testings. And you're saying, Lord, where are you? And and you're behind the wine press threshing the wheat. But you're there. You're doing it. And we looked at this last week in more detail. And maybe that's you this morning. That's maybe where you are this morning. Or maybe you've been there for a while. And you've been threshing your wheat behind the winepress. And as I mentioned last week, maybe you're putting... The, the curtains across every time you get into the house because you're, you, you put the front on when you're outside. But behind the scenes in your private moments, you're distraught or you're depressed or you're, you're struggling and you can't find a way out of it nor through it. But yet you still manage to gather yourself together in not your strength, but in God's strength and you you sometimes wonder, how did I do it? How did I accomplish that? Where did I get that strength from? And you still stepped out. You even came to the meeting this morning. You still stepped out and you even find yourself here this morning. And even you might even find it hard to sing because of where you are, where your mind is, where your thoughts are. Maybe you've got pain in your body, but you're here. Maybe your wine presses the curtain's. That you've pulled over. Maybe your wine press is the smile that you've been hiding behind. Maybe your wine press is the front that you've put up because you don't want others to see. Maybe you what you deem it as weakness. But really it's courage. It's not weakness, it's courage. And this morning, maybe it was a struggle to get out of bed because of one reason or thing or another. It was a struggle to make it here. Maybe even with all the kids and all that's going on. And I understand that. Alison used to get up early in the morning. And I used to wonder why we were late when we were leaving at 7.30 in the morning to go to church. And she had a newborn, a two-year-old, and we drove all the way to Dublin every Sunday. But it was a struggle and she'd done it. And she fed them sitting in the back between two car seats. And she dressed them sitting in the back between two car seats. And when the children might be a little bit tearful or crying about it, she says, oh, Can not keep them quiet? I'm trying to think on the word here. So she had me to contend with as well. But she was there, she done it. And when she got there, she was on crash every Sunday morning for three years. She it just give me an example. And you've come out. We understand the pressures. We understand the the trials in in lives and people's own circumstances and bodies and families. And it's difficult and it's hard to get them up and going and get them out, especially when you feel tired and weak and weary or maybe ill or hurting or whatever it may be. Mentally, you're struggling. Physically, you're you're waning. Spiritually, you're down. I understand all of those things. And all of us at times, seasons, go through all of those things. And maybe you've been there this morning, even. Maybe you've been there recently, but this morning has been that real struggle for you. Well, this morning you're here. You have got up. You have got re- yourself together. You've got yourself ready. You've got, whether it's by car or wherever way you came here. Someone told me a couple of weeks ago he's going to start coming on a horse and trap. He says, But it won't be for three years until the horse grows enough. I said, Well, I'm hoping in three years I won't be here in this place. I'm talking about me. I hope I will be on the earth, but not here. That we'll be in our own building. So don't come here, I said. He says, He put the horse and trap in the field. He says, I want to get here whatever way I can. you're here this morning and you've maybe struggled this morning but you've dug deep and you've, you've done it. You're here. You're a victor in that this morning. You're victorious over where you started from this morning. And sometimes with people, every day is a fight to survive. Even mentally thinking. And for those who don't have that sort of problem at times, you know, They don't really understand it. There's those who have invisible illnesses, as such, and and it's a real struggle to get drag yourself up and to get out. But you're here. You've done it. You've given God the first place. You've honoured Christ this morning around the table. You're here. When Gideon is behind the winepress threshing wheat, I've heard preachers, and I, I have been guilty in the past too, oh, what a card, uh, threshing wheat behind a wine press! What a card. But when you think of it, we don't read of anybody else doing it. And he was there doing it. But now we could say, how courageous... How courageous. He got himself up. He got himself out. He gathered in his wheat. And yes, he took it and hid it behind the wine press. But he done it. He got the victory over the fear of what if the Midianites get me? And Lord, do you know where I am? And there the angel of the Lord appears unto him and calls him a mighty man of valor. And the preachers like myself in the past, I suppose, have said he was a coward, but the Lord didn't say that. The Lord isn't saying, Gideon, come on, give yourself a shake and get on with it. Some people are in a place where it's not about giving yourself a shake because uh, your, your circumstances don't allow that. Even your mind might say it, get up and do, but your body says... I can't, can't see a way through it. I can't see a way over it, or around it. I'm struggling, and maybe that's you this morning. But you're fainting, yet pursuing. But I'm here this morning, Lord. I'm here this morning. I don't mean to keep speaking about my wife, but many of you would know that the story that we have told many times. And she took ME when she was young, and before I knew her, and she was out of school for about a year and a half, I think it was. Mom and dad tried everything to help her. Thought the worst of the it was the worst of of illnesses at the start. And it was debilitating, but the thought maybe it was a life-threatening one. And she went to different places, different doctors and uh, to different health specialists. And she went to those who uh, say, here's, here's a potion for you as such. Take that. She tried everything. Nothing worked. And she managed to gather herself together after a while the strength came and, and and she got on with life again was able to do that and that's when I met her and we weren't long married and this uh, young wife of mine took sick again I didn't understand it because it's invisible I didn't know I just thought oh dear you know cases don't know I know it's hard to tell, like, but Alison's a bit younger than me. <laughs> and, in fact, I knew you thought that I was younger than Alison the way you were looking there for a while. <laughs> so I thought, wow, she couldn't do anything. I remember one day with a bowl of cereal with plenty of sugar on it, she couldn't even lift her, her spoon to her mouth. They eat her cereal, and I was feeding her cereal. Just laying there. I think she thought she was the Queen of Sheba. At one point, I was doing everything. I prayed for her, and I prayed for her. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Asked God a million times, and nothing seemed to happen. We went to uh, healing services down in in Whitewell with Pastor McConnell, and nothing seemed to happen. But she did gather strength from being uh, in that environment of prayer. Nothing happened. The doctors couldn't change this. the The health specialists couldn't help her. the The, the naturalist—I can't remember their, their name—but they, you know, give you all of these tal. Uh, Vitamins and all that sort of stuff. They, they they couldn't help her either. I I couldn't help her. I was trying my best, and I uh, and was giving up at the sense where sometimes I was leaving her there. Uh, well, the so land bad, sure she's not going anywhere. And I went to the meeting. And I was wrong to leave her. But then, when you're younger, you don't think of these things. But you always always waited to the last minute to get up, especially on a Sunday morning, because she always wanted to be around the Lord's table and to break bread. She, she climbed out of bed to be at the Lord's table. And sometimes I'd have left her in one room and walked into the living room and back again, and she was drenched in sweat and shaking about the collapse, and I had to just put her back to bed. Myself and Pastor Michael Bunting carried her out a few times out of the meeting she just collapsed in front of us in the middle of a meeting. Until until one Sunday we were sitting in a meeting, breaking of bread. And Pastor McConnell says someone here and you have a need. Believe The Lord's here to heal you this morning. Stand up, he says, if you have a need, and we'll see what God will do. And again, Alison was beside me and she stood up and there was nobody else around her. There was nobody laying hands on her. There was nobody even prayed over her. started to sing. We still know that I am God. And then we went into, I am the Lord that healeth thee. She says, the many times she sang it, we had sang it as a chorus. But this time, the word entered her heart. Something happened. It entered her heart. She felt like a a hand had went on her and heat had went through her. And she thought that I'd get up and put my arm around her, and I didn't. and we got back to where we lived in my apartment in Mount Vernon. And looking over, you can see the over towards the, I was going to say the seafront, but it's the tip head really. It was over the seafront. But out the side, we walked around out the back and there was the, the cave hill. And I was out and I came in and the next day she was up and about and the next day but next thing she's hoovering. I'm looking at her going "What's going on. She's hoovering and I'll say nothing. Not that she didn't want to hoover she just couldn't. Pastor McConnell used to say you know what the key of I went up you know, when I was younger and prayed over the city standing on the top of the hill and his words were and the wind would blow the smell off you. I don't know what smell it was, but it was a bit of a blue smell off you. And on the third day, Allison says to me, Ken, I want to go and walk up to the top of the cave hill. And to be honest, I thought, dear, you couldn't hardly walk from the living room to the bedroom. But I didn't say that. I didn't want to quench their faith. And I said, okay, we'll do it then. We went to the foot of the hill and up, up we went. And she walked the whole way to the top. And she walked the whole way down to the bottom. And she never looked back. The Lord had done the work. The Lord had done the healing. And I had her in Romania, which was a tough station. I took her to Dublin said, for a few years, and it was a tough station too. And she's had her two children, and driving down the road, I'm saying, Alison, can you keep them quiet? I'm trying to think of the word here. I haven't got that written down. The reason I'm saying that, I feel somebody needs that this morning. Because even when the doctors can't, he can't. Why does it not always happen? I don't know. Gideon never thought he was going to have a visitation of God. And he said to him, you're a mighty man of valor. But Lord, I'm hiding. You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty woman of valor. You're a mighty man of valor, brothers and sisters. But I'm struggling. You're fainting, yet you're pursuing. And God says, see that tenacity of willing and wanting to be even in God's house this morning, the struggle to get up and to get out, to get ready, to get the kids, if you have the children with you or whatever, even just to be in his presence when your heart is telling you, I, I want to lie here and be just down and depressed. When your body is saying to you, I'm too tired or sore or achy, yet you're here. A mighty man, a mighty woman of valor, when we take the very step to trust God that he just might touch you in his presence you know my mind has told me pastors told me just to land in bed my mind has told me that it's never going to change and it's a struggle every day just to live well you see this word tells us there's a renewing of our mind in Christ Jesus and you keep believing you keep trusting in his word and who knows the day that the Lord will meet you behind your press. Didn't meet Gideon at his home, sitting at the house with his feet at the fire on a cold day with a cup of tea or coffee in his hand with his uh, his toast dripping with butter, thinking about, well, maybe I should have went. He met him at the place where he stepped out in faith, believing, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. He was poor in his own family. He was the the one you would never think of. He was the one whom society would never accept. His family wasn't of a great, one of the greatest tribes in, in Israel, and and his family and his family, he was the the the, the poorest, the least. So why would God look at someone like, like me, Gideon could say? Little did Gideon know, even his name meaning tree feller or feller, little did he know that God was going to use his very namesake to take it to the, the altars of Baal in the land of Israel, to start a revival in the nation, to, to defeat the enemy that's all around, taking his very namesake. God had a plan and a purpose for Gideon, When Gideon was the poorest and the least, not only of the tribes, but in his own family. Because you see, when God takes people who are, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, God hath chosen the weak and the foolish and the base things. You're God's choice this morning. You are God's choice. Left our own devices, He, the Lord Jesus, would never be your choice. But you are God's choice this morning. In Psalm 83. And just one verse, it says, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Now, the hidden is a safan and it means to hide the treasure up. And I looked at that last week. It means to that God has treasured up his own. It's your God's treasure this morning. You're his special treasure, his peculiar treasure, and you're owned by him this morning. Your struggle, brother, your struggle, sister, your weariness, your problem, your situation is real. But so is your Savior. So is the Lord. This man, Gideon, hiding behind the wine press, threshing wheat. His name is in Faith's Hall of Fame in your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. And his name is linked with many other names. And listen to what it says in verse 38 speaking of Gideon among others of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. Think about it. This man behind the wine press, threshing wheat. He's doing what he can at the time, facing his fear. Midianites might get me. Midianites might catch me. And listen, he may even be doing just what he can because of the circumstances. and out of necessity. If he doesn't do this, then those in his family or his tribe or whoever else will not eat. And sometimes in necessity, you, you, you get up and you do. But you're doing it. It says of Gideon and others, of whom the world was not worthy. Now listen, Gideon was called of God to lead Israel into victory. Imagine a man like this behind the wine press. But when God looked along throughout Israel, it was Gideon that he saw making the effort. Your effort may be rewarded. Your effort may be rewarded, but... But your effort may bring more responsibility. I don't think I could handle more responsibility yet. Yeah, at this point in time, maybe. But when God sees you taking the step and doing what you can, that responsibility is increased, but he gives you the faith. And the disciples say, increase our faith, Lord. If you and I were to say, Lord, increase our faith, it is probably, if I could say it, maybe it's not the right word, but it's probably one, one of the most dangerous prayers and requests you could ask, because God will put you through the ringer. The dross must come out of The goal if it is to be purified and it's purified in the fire. So testing comes and it's how you measure up then. When it gets heavier, are you willing to try and carry it? And then you realize it's not me, it's him. He's carrying me. Listen, Gideon was called If the Lord has spoken to you this morning, God has maybe called you to something. Called you even to go on in him. Called you to trust in him further. Called you to say, Lord, I'm keeping my eyes on you. I'm fainting, but I'm going to keep pursuing. And I'm still fainting, but I'm still pursuing. Gideon was called, and whatever that call is this morning, Gideon must respond. So you must respond, not to me, to him, to the Lord. You may be seen by others, even by family, even by friends, by the world. You may be seen in this world or in this life, or you may be deemed as little to nothing, even maybe in your own thinking. You might even think, I'm not worth much. Listen, you're worth that much, Jesus died for you. The world couldn't afford you, and Jesus gave his life for you. None could redeem you, no price, but Jesus gave his life for you. And you might feel that you're not worthy. You're threshing wheat behind the wine press. But you're there. You're doing it. And because you're there and you're doing it, it shows you that the Lord is persevering in you. That shows you he's with you. Because if it was off you and off me, we'd stay home. If it was off you and I, we wouldn't go any further. If it was off you and I in our flesh, guess what? You'd end up back in the bar. Paul says in Romans 7, there's no good thing that dwelleth in me. That is in my flesh, he then says. In other words, his own flesh is like the flesh of an unsaved man, and so is your flesh and mine. But what good dwells in me and in you, brothers and sisters, this morning is the Holy Spirit. That's why I call him holy. And he leads us into righteousness. In Psalm 138 and verse 8, listen to what it says. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Then it finishes off by saying, forsake not the works of thine own hands. You are the work of God's own hands this morning. And you think that I'm, I'm worthless. People think on suicide because there's no hope. Listen, there's hope in Jesus. There's always hope. There's always another day. People think, well, I'm better off not here because my family would be better without me. No, they wouldn't be better without you. And you uh, the society wouldn't be better without you because God has placed you here at this point and at this time for a certain time as this And even the struggle to get up today or the struggle for tomorrow, the struggle for the next day, the struggle you've had has been a struggle mentally even for you. Listen, friend, this morning, brother, sister, whoever you may be this morning, you are valuable, you are loved, you are treasured, and you are precious. God gave a son for you that you might live. That you might live. I'm going to close this. I'm just going to finish this part and I'll close. Listen, throughout the scripture, and I want to put this to you, from Israelites, right through to this Christian age, You are part of those of whom the word was not worthy because you're in Christ and Christ is in you, which makes you worthy, just like him. Pastor Glenn read around the table this morning, didn't he? You, read, you heard the scriptures read this morning. You are among what's known as those excellent ones who may yeah, In the words of old Oliver Cromwell, when they were painting them, he says, no, paint me warts and all. Warts and all, brother. Warts and all, sister. You are those excellent ones in whom is all of Christ's delight. Can you imagine that? You are Christ's delight this morning. I have my own struggle to see myself in a place like this. That I am Christ's delight. We all have, who just me, I mean, who I am. Yes, you. You see, the word and the will of the Father was that you would be saved, and Christ came to do thy will, O God, he says. And he delighted as it were, not in the, 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 the cross, meaning the sufferings. He delighted in the thought and, and the knowledge and the doing of his dying and rising again that you would be his, and hence he delights in you. Listen to Psalm 16 and verse 3. But to the saints... Would you say saints? Now the saints is not a canonized man and woman by the Pope. Pope can't make anybody a saint. A saint through the scriptures, even Paul writes, to the saints which are at, and mentions the name of the church. To the saints, meaning those who have come to saving faith and knowledge in Christ, who know him as their own Lord and personal saviour. You're a saint this morning. Oh, but if you want to have seen him yesterday, <laughs> you want to heard her this more, the other day. Now, you know we believe in living right, so please don't measure it in greasy graces, it's called. But you're a saint this morning if you're in Christ. But to the saints that are in the earth, that's you and me, not the saints that are in heaven, in the earth, unto the excellent. Would you say excellent? excellent? Wow, you're excellent this morning. In whom, notice, is all my delight? To the saints in the earth and the excellent, in whom is all my delight? You're the saints in the earth and you're his excellent and you're his delight. You love me, Lord, enough that you would even delight in me. Yes. Thinking about it, driving here this morning, and I was driving, speaking to the Lord, just in the car Me my own, as I was driving down, and just thought came to my mind that says, Lord, why would, why would you love somebody like me? Why would you love somebody like me, Lord? And the thoughts of my big, friend now passed into the presence of the Lord Big Ivor Crummy died just in February time just this year he used to say to me pastor does the Lord still love you every time does he still love you and I used to go yes and I used to say to him years back I don't know why he used to go because he just does because he chose to Pastor, does the Lord still love you? And I got the place where it says, Aver, yes, he does. He's chosen to love me. And he used to always clap his hands. Big man. (laughs) Glory to God, he used to say. We're loved by him. Does the Lord still love you, brother? Does the Lord still love you, sister? Yes. (laughs) Glory to God. You're loved by him. You know, this word excellent here is the word a and it means mighty, gallant, noble, powerful. And the even gives it word of a word of a chieftain. Do I like in Irish sort of history or Scottish history or whatever, or, or even English history, you would have had the chieftains of the camp. But well, they actually would use this word for chieftain. The Lord sees you in Christ this morning, and as he looks at you, he sees nothing of you, but always sees Christ. The perfection of his son, the righteousness of his son. And the and the love that he loves his son is the love that he loves you with. Peter says, and he says to, to those who to love him that love him. He, the Lord Jesus, is precious. And we think, yeah, look, Jesus is precious to us. He's our life. He's everything. We have grown to know him and to love him. And Peter says this. But the word precious there, in the context that it's written in, is something different. It means, and that those who love Jesus, the Father loves them as much as he loves Jesus because the Father finds me. The one who's fainting and failing and falling and faltering. And, and the, the me who's the, uh, the, the man of flesh and blood. This, the man who, who, who can let him down and, and sin. And you. But when he sees me, he sees me clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He sees you the same. He sees you washed and cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. He sees you as He sees His only begotten Son whom He hath loved from all eternity. And when He looks at us, He sees us through the medium of Him who is the Word of God, the Logos, the Son who bled and died for us. And He sees me and He sees you who are in Christ. And He sees no sin but all of Christ's righteousness. And He says, They are excellent And you're excellent because he is excellent. Denise, as I read this, let the children know to make a way up, please. Thank you. And so in Psalm 8 and 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. Not Ken Davidson. It's thine name and all the earth, brothers and sisters. It's time we believe the word of God, because Christians are under par, especially in this day and age. Some Christians who are afraid to stick their head above the parapet in case somebody knocks it off. Christians who are afraid to be strong and have a backbone. Because, you see, the world might think, well, I'm not Christ-like. Listen, it's not about the world and you being Christ-like according to the world. It's about you being Christ-like and taking the message to the world. That's what it's about. It's about the Christian being strong again. You are as excellent before God as a gallant noble, a chieftain in this world in God's eyes because you bear his name And his name is excellent in all the earth. God no longer sees, brothers and sisters, what you were. And God knows what you are. But God looks at you at what you will become. Gideon, you're going to lead Israel. And Puritan Thomas Brooks said, You are picked, called Prime instruments which he will make use of to carry on his best and greatest work against his worst and greatest enemies in these latter days. It's time, church, to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Team, would you come up, please? <laughs>